Luke chapter 2, turn over there this morning and I want to speak to you about a time after the Lamb came and was born in Bethlehem. Speak to you about two dear old saints of God that when they looked and saw the Savior, they couldn't contain themselves and they couldn't help themselves. They had to praise God for Jesus. And I pray this morning that even though we celebrate Christmas and we know what Christmas is all about and we enjoy all of the trimmings and all the things that go on with Christmas, I pray though this morning that you understand the true meaning of Christmas. There's a lot of folks out there that don't. So, with that said, let's begin. Verse 21, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord. A pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And she coming into the coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all of them that looked 
for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned unto Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for this time you've given us. Thank you for this opportunity. Be here in your house with your people. Now, Lord, as we break the bread of life, I just pray you'll speak to hearts. May your Holy Spirit move in our hearts and in our lives. Father, again, there's one here today that doesn't know you. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will convict and convince and draw them to you for salvation before it's too late. Father, we again are here to worship you in spirit and in truth. And Lord, as we come to this time of the year, Lord, may we be mindful of the greatest gift we could ever receive. And that's your son as our personal savior, gift of salvation through his sacrifice. So, Lord, again, may everything said and done honor and glorify you. Give me the words to say, for I ask it in the precious name of your dear Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. As we began, understand, it's 40 days after Jesus was born. Understand that according to the law, first of all, the male had to be circumcised eight days after birth. That was according to the law. You'll find that in Leviticus chapter 12. Also, Mary's purification ended after 40 days. She could go to the church. She wasn't considered ceremonially unclean anymore. And that's where we find them coming to the house of God. And the Bible tells us that as it is written, the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. And, and again, that's just with keeping of the law. The Lord came and fulfilled the law. Amen. Aren't you thankful he fulfilled the law? You see, because he fulfilled it, we don't have to. And let me go ahead and tell you, we couldn't have fulfilled it if we had wanted to. But he filled it perfectly because he was the perfect lamb. And understand, the lamb came into the world, prepared himself, presented himself, and provided himself so that you and I might be redeemed and reconciled to God. That's the whole purpose of celebrating Christmas, his incarnation. Did Jesus, was he born on December 25th? No. Okay? We get that from the Catholics, y'all. He wasn't born December 25th. But it's not the day he was born. It was the day he came into the world that we celebrate. I'm thankful for his incarnation. But now we find he's born. It's 40 days. Now he goes to church with mom and dad. Okay? What an example. Parents, the reason we should bring our kids to church, us grandpas and grandmas, we should bring our grandkids to church is because Jesus set the example. We should bring them to church. It's amazing to me. Most parents have the attitude today, well, I don't want to push religion on them. When they get... Twelve, they can make up their own minds. 
Can I tell you something? What did you ever make up at 12 years old? Listen. I, that's right, sister. I didn't have a choice if I was going to church or not. It was decided for me. You're going to church. I never once got up at 12 years old and said, are we going to church today? I'd have got hit in the back of the head. (laughs) Yes, you're going to church. Because that's the way my parents were brought up. That's the way their parents were brought up. And praise God, that's the way I was brought up. Now, I was a lost man. Amen. And when I got older, you know, the first thing I did was, I don't have to go to church no more. Thank God for people that prayed for me. Thank God for all of those seeds that were planted for me. They paid off. And let me just say this. Mama, daddy, husband, wife, you may have a spouse or a loved one that just like the majority, oh, it's boring at church. I don't want to go to church. I got better things to do. Keep praying for that spouse. Keep praying for that parent. Because guess what? God hears our prayers, and in his time, he answers those prayers. I stand before you as an example of answered prayer. Now, anyways, they go. And according to the word of God, it says that Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. Now, him and Anna were of a sect of devout, obedient Jews that were waiting for the promised Messiah. And because of that, they were spirit-led to go to the temple, which was their custom anyways, but especially this day, the Holy Spirit guided them to the temple because God was faithful to Simeon and Anna because of their faithfulness. And notice what it says. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen Christ. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Here they're waiting for the Messiah to come, and God tells Simeon, you know what, you're going to get to see him. Before you die, that means he could have jumped off a cliff and he wouldn't have died. Amen? Amen? Until he saw. You say, that kind of sounds far-fetched. No, listen to me. When God promises you something, you can bank on it. Not like me promising you. I might not show up when I tell you I'm going to show up. But when God says, you're not going to taste death till you see the consolation. You see the promised one. Now, the Bible says... And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit. You mean the Spirit led him to church? Doesn't it lead you and I to church? Amen. It says, 
And it was, uh, and he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, I've often just kind of thought to myself, wow. <laughs> no one had to tell Simeon who was in the temple. He knew who was in that temple. Yes, it was the Holy Ghost that revealed it. But he knew who was in the temple. But here's a sad thing. There are other people in the temple had no clue who he was. Here's a sad thing. The priest that performed the circumcision on our Savior had no clue who he was. The people in Bethlehem had no clue who he was. And there's people in the world today have no clue who he is. And the most important question that must be answered by me and you and the whole world is this question that Jesus asked. What think ye of Christ? What do you think? Who do you think he is? Who is he? This little babe, 2,000 years ago, born in a manger, who is he to you? You see, Simeon knew who he was. See, Simeon knew and began to praise God for the Savior, the Christ, and for the salvation that had come into Israel. You see, who is Christ? Well, he is God. Amen. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. Amen. The beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. See, God left the glory of heaven and came down. Don't understand it all. Can't tell you how it happened. But I know it happened. And that's good enough for me, Mr. Simpleton. That's okay. I just know who he is. That baby, 40 days old, Simeon knew right away who he was. He also knew why he was there. You see, he came to become salvation for you and for me. For Jew and Gentile alike. That's why I came. You see, we were all sinners. Born with Adam's nature and separated from God. And Jesus came to reconcile us to God through his sacrifice, paying the penalty for our sin. And Simeon knew why he was there. What a Savior. What a Savior. And the Bible says when the Holy Spirit revealed Jesus, this baby, to Simeon, he couldn't contain himself. The Bible says he picked him up in his hands and lifted him up and began to vocally praise God. 
He wasn't ashamed if anybody saw him. He broke the ritual. You know, by the way, temple worship was nothing but ritual. But this Simeon wasn't ashamed. Pushed the ritual aside and to truly praise God for the consolation of Israel. The Savior, the Christ. And let me just say this this morning. When's the last time you and I praise the Lord? Truly praise Him. No, I'm not talking about bringing attention to yourself. I'm not talking about getting in the flesh. And, and I'm talking about biblical praise. Don't you think if ever was a time to praise Jesus, it's for His birth, for His death, and for his resurrection. And this is the thing. We as believers are to celebrate every day those three things. We should praise God for that every single day. His birth, his death, his resurrection. Because after all, that's the gospel in a nutshell. Amen? That's the gospel. And here's this old man that's been waiting for years And now, in God's perfect timing, 40 days after his birth in a manger in Bethlehem, he comes to be presented to the Lord. And Simeon knows exactly who it is. And he lifts him up and he starts praising the Lord vocally. You say, well, you know, this day and time, you know, it's not very prim and proper to get vocal about Jesus. Hooey fooey. Amen. You see, we tend to want to, oh, we don't want to do it because it might make somebody feel a little angry at us because we are acting more like, uh-oh, I said the word Pentecost, and we are Baptists. Pentecost have nothing on Baptists. Understand, Baptists were the first ones to shout, not Pentecost. Amen? You say, why do you say that? Because anybody that's been to Jesus, you can't contain it. You can't help but be vocal and say, praise God for the Savior. It's because of what he did. He died on the cross. He paid our sin debt. He has reconciled us to God. He has given us eternal life. If you can't praise the Lord for that vocally, check yourself. And by the way, don't worry about what people think. All that matters is what Jesus thinks. As long as I'm doing it to glorify him and exalt him, doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. Too many times we're afraid of what people will think. I'll get in trouble. But any of you that want to worship the Lord vocally, let it rip. You're not going to offend me. Now, understand, you start jumping the pews, bringing attention to yourself, I'm going to tackle you. Amen. 
I got a new knee. Put it to use. Let it rip because we have a lot to praise the Lord for. As we come and we celebrate His incarnation, we got a lot to vocally praise Him for. Listen, our sins have been forgiven. We, as she said in her song, are white as snow because of His sacrifice. Understand, He died on the cross. He suffered the pain. He suffered the shame and the agony on the cross because He loves you and me. And I'm not going to praise Him. Listen, Simeon couldn't control, con, couldn't control himself. <clears throat> I might need some water. Let me see that. I hope you don't give me cooties. <laughs> 44 years. Did you backwash? Hey, you can ask her. We've been married 44 years, and I love her with all my heart. That's my woman. But I usually don't share anything. When it comes to food and drink, don't do it. I can't do it. I wouldn't raise that away. When we first started dating, go over to her family. She comes from a big family. Go over there, and they'd be swapping water and Cokes and eating and that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Heathens, heathens. <laughs> but the truth of the matter was, she said the same thing about me and my family. Y'all are barbarians <laughs> because we eat squirrel and dumplings. And, you know, we eat pickled pig's feet and all that kind of good stuff. What, some of you city gals ain't never ate no squirrel and dumplings? Oh, my Lord, you don't know what you're missing. Maybe the Lord will be good to you and let you have some in heaven. Amen? That'll be heaven. That'll be heaven. All right, get back. Let's get back. Notice it says, And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Can you imagine? He's got the child. He's praising God vocally. He's praising the Lord, lifting him up with his arms. And he says, Lord, go ahead and call me home now. No need in sticking around. I have seen the salvation of the Lord. Lord, I'm ready to go. Let me just say this. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you have not received Christ as your Savior, listen, you better open your eyes and see the salvation of the Lord before you die. Because after you die, it's done. It's over. You'll have no second chances. But Simeon said, I'm ready to go now. I pray everybody here is ready to go. If you know Jesus as your personal Savior, you're ready. 
But if you don't, you're not ready to die. I'll tell you that. So, he says, I've seen the salvation. And then notice what it says. Which thou hast prepared before the face of some people. No, he says all people. Jew and Gentile alike. I am so thankful. He's not a respecter of persons. I'm so thankful that he loved me and you enough that you know what? He wasn't going to say, well, you, yeah, you can go to heaven. I'll save you. Nope, you're too bad. You come from the wrong side of the tracks. You come from the wrong family. You're not educated enough. You don't have enough money. No, no, no. Jesus died one and for all. He says, a light to the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. But listen to me. Here's the sad thing. Yeah, Jesus, the Lamb of God provided before the foundation of the world, he came. But the sad thing is, Israel stumbled at the Lamb that was provided. They stumbled. And it's sad. But you know, the Bible tells us that the Lord is the chief cornerstone that Israel would stumble over. And a lot of people don't quite understand. It's real simple. There would be some that would mock him, reject him, crucify him, would not believe. They would accuse him and scar his character saying he was born of fornication. He would perform miracles and they would say, only reason you can perform those miracles is because of Satan. They did everything in their power to reject that chief cornerstone. But listen, there were some, some that opened their eyes and received the Lord. Thank God for that. And by the way, it was prophesied over in Israel, uh, Isaiah chapter 8 that they would reject the stone. Psalmist, I'm trying to remember, 118. Can't remember the, the verse, but it's 118. Also prophesied about the stone. You see, the bottom line is this. He is not only the salvation stone, the judgment stone, but he is the stone that what man rejected, God provided for anyways. The bottom line is this. He's still the stone. And he knows man's heart. He knows who they are. Call him the touchstone, if you will, because he knows our hearts. And this is what Simeon prophesied to 
Joseph, and Mary. Verse 33. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel. Again, being the chief cornerstone, many stumbled at the stone, the salvation stone, if you will. But then there were those that would rise and receive. And then notice what he says. And for a sign which shall be spoken against. You see that word sign? Talking about a miracle. You see, Christ, the Lamb of God, was God's miracle that he sent into the world as a gift. And Christ, as I said earlier, performed many miracles to prove he was the Son of God, to prove he was God, but yet many rejected him. Even today, men still reject him. They reject that he alone is the only way to God. He alone is the only way of salvation. He alone is coming back. They don't even believe he's coming back. But beloved, he came as a miracle. And if you truly know who he is, you'll accept the miracle man. You'll accept the chief cornerstone. He also, Simeon, in his prophecy to Mary, if you will, spoke about a sword. Well, that sword was specifically for Mary. You see, the pain in her heart, there must have been uncompared to anything anyone would have faced to watch her son on a cross dying to fulfill the will of God. And when he died that day, think about the sword, the pain to her. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm thankful for Mary. But we don't worship Mary. Mary had to be saved like me and you. She had to trust the Redeemer just like me and you. But we don't worship Mary. We worship God's Lamb. Amen. And then the Bible says this. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And then there was one Anna, prophetess, the daughter of Phineal of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and lived with a, with a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about four score and four years. That's 84 years, folks. Married for seven and a widow for 84. Never remarried. But she served God faithfully 
in the temple. She prayed and fasted every day. And let me just say this, and I'll move on. Even when we get older, and I'm getting older every day. How about you, folk? But even when we get older, even if we lose a spouse, the spouse goes on to be with the Lord. Listen, we are still vital when it comes to the ministry of God. We serve God in church. We serve God faithfully. You say, well, I'll be so old I can't teach or I can't sing. You can be faithful just by sitting in the pew and praying for the needs of the church. So what I'm trying to say is, well, I'm too old, so I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to retire on God. Nope. You know, I, I hear so many preachers today. Well, I'm 65, I'm retiring. I understand I'm going to get to an age I can't pastor no more. You know why? Because I can't remember things. I can't go about like I used to. But I'm not going to ever retire from ministry. What I mean by that is I'm going to preach as I have opportunity. I'm going to evangelize as I have opportunity. But I'm never going to retire. Had a preacher tell me. He says, well, I'm retiring. I'm going to write a book. Now, ain't nothing wrong with writing a book. I've been asked if I was going to do that. Lord, no. (laughs) Y'all couldn't understand my lingo. And I ain't very good at putting... That's right, hooey fooey, sister. Uh, and I, I'll be honest, you couldn't read my scr- chicken scratch. Plus, it's very hard for me to put my thoughts on paper. I'm just not one of those guys. But he said he's going to write a book. I said, well, what about your church? Ah, oh, it's time for them to get somebody younger. Now, besides, I, I've done my time. You know what my time is going to be? When the Lord calls me home and they throw dirt on this old body and put me in the ground. That's going to be my time. Don't ever think that you can retire from serving God. Because you can't. If you're in some form of ministry, you better conclude the work God called you to. Amen. Now, here she is in the temple. And she coming in that instant, here is Simeon praising God, lifting up his voice vocally, verbally. And here comes Anna, and look at what it says. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for the redemption in Jerusalem. Now I want you to notice what it says and spake of him to all of them I recall a time when Jesus healed a demonic in the Gadarenes, Decapolis 
And remember, Jesus was fixing to depart with the disciples and this man that was demon-possessed with sitting at his feet and he said, Lord, I'll go with you. I want to go with you. And what did Jesus say? Let's read it together. Go to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5 and look at verse 19. Mark chapter 5 and verse 19. How be it, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. Verse 20. And he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. You see, Anna and Simeon are praising the Lord. But Anna couldn't just praise the Lord there in the temple, she had to tell others of why she was praising the Lord. Beloved, I can't think of a better time of the year for us who have been redeemed by the Lamb of God to share the gospel than this time right now, the true meaning of Christmas. You see, Anna shared Christ with those who would listen. What an example. What a subject to share. Hey, the Lamb of God is coming to the world. The Christ, the salvation, the consolation, He's come. So many out there have no clue. That's why it's up to me and you as believers. To share the Lord. You see, I, I see these two. And I thank God for them. Because what they did back then is just as pertinent today. We are to vocally worship and declare who he is. And why he came. And what he accomplished. You see, he accomplished eternal life for me and you because of the sacrifice. So as we get ready to celebrate Christmas and you're there with your kids and your grandkids and your family and your friends, Please be mindful to remind them why we're here and why we celebrate his incarnation, his coming into the world. Amen. Those two praise the Lord. You and I should praise the Lord. Every day we should praise the Lord. 
who better to praise the Lord than us who are redeemed? Amen. If you can't praise him for anything, at least you can praise him you're redeemed. But we all have a lot to praise him for, don't we? I'm still this side of the dirt. Amen? I can praise him for that. I'm still married to my wife all these years. I can praise him for that. I am blessed to have my children and grandchildren around me. I can praise him for that. I can praise him for his church and my church family. I can praise him vocally because of what he's done for me. I'll close with this. Now, I know there are times when it comes to praising the Lord, sometimes our heart's just not in it. Sometimes our spirit, for whatever reason, just won't allow us to praise him because we have gotten upset with someone or we haven't done what we're supposed to. We've quenched the spirit. You know what I'm thankful for? I'm thankful for my brothers and sisters here at church when they come and they praise God in a testimony service or or in a song or whatever. I'm thankful because it speaks to my heart. It is a ministry. And I know I could take you into Psalms in the Old Testament and show you many scriptures that back up clapping our hands and lifting up our voices in the Old Testament. But do you know there's also a scripture in the New Testament that you, I need to read real quick? Turn to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Brother Shiro, when you get there, read verse 15. Continually with these lips giving thanks to his name. Why? Because the lamb was sent. He was presented, prepared, and offered. And I am to continually, with these old lips, praise him for what he's done. So I encourage you. Praise the Lord. If you're redeemed, praise the Lord. You should. If you're here and you've been saved and you just can't seem to find an opportunity to praise him or praise him for whatever, come to the altar and say, Lord, check my heart. Show me what I need to do so that I might be able to praise you continually with my lips of praise. And of course, if you're lost, that's a complete different need. As I said earlier, Simeon, when he saw him, said, now I'm ready to die. Because behold, I have seen the Christ. I have seen with my own eyes salvation. I'm ready to go. But if you don't know the Savior, you're not ready. And one day, the 
could be any time death could come knocking. If you die without the Savior, it's too late. So if there is a need this morning, the altar is open. Would you stand with me, please? Brother Bob, you and...